You are listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining FCF's Leadership Podcast. I am Whitney Baldwin, and I am joined with my friend, Shana Moore. Uh, We are here to discuss the Enneagram Ones. Yes. Thanks for joining Thank you. So just for a brief overview, the Enneagram is a personality categorization system. It theorizes there are nine different personality types in the world, and each type sees the world in a different way. Each type has an underlying motivation that runs throughout their life and influences how they behave and feel. Everything we discuss in this podcast will be a generalization, so please don't take anything too personally, Shana. Okay. Our goal with this podcast is to help you lead through a personality trait. We have chosen one characteristic of each Enneagram. We will look at that characteristic through a psychological lens, a biblical lens, and then a leadership lens. We really just want to get to know the person, make sure we're leading them properly, and make sure we can teach them how to lead. So you may be thinking small, it's small-minded to think there are only nine personality types in the whole entire world. However, with each one, there are expressions and triads and wings, which lead us into more options, but we're not going to get into that. Do your own research if you're interested in that. If you haven't watched the very first video or podcast I made on this topic, please make sure you go and watch or listen. It explains into further detail exactly what we are trying to accomplish. But for the ones, ones are known as the perfectionists. So each episode, we're going to focus on one flaw of each different Enneagram. And today we are focusing on the one. So at their best healthy state, ones are committed to a life of service and integrity. They are balanced, reasonable, and able to forgive themselves and others for being imperfect. Their goal in life is to make the world a better place. I love you. (laughs) With that said, one of the characteristics that could be difficult with a one is control. They can be micromanagers, do it my way, I'll just fix it myself type. Here's what control looks like psychologically and theologically. Todd, hit the brain mind part of this. What about control? What about it? Yeah, when I think about the Enneagram, uh, so much of what comes to mind is the idea of drives and and motivators. What is it that motivates us? Um, And I think what's interesting with regards to control and how neuroscience fits into this picture is that so much of developmentally our neurobiology is about mastery. Uh, Another way of looking at the idea of mastery would be a type of control, the ability to manage our impulses, the ability to manage our emotions, and then later on, the ability to manage our thoughts. Uh, So this idea of neurobiology really interfaces nicely with how the Enneagram is thinking about what is it that drives us? What is it that motivates us uh, in that maturation over time, both in distress as well as uh, eustress or or kind of enhanced functioning, positive functioning because of stress. uh, Things that psychologically we know can threaten our not just motivation, but our sense of control can kind of put us into the need for control, uh, or it can leave us feeling even out of control. Uh, And I think that there's a nice spiritual dimension to this as well. Uh, And I know you're going to hit this, but the idea of even passages uh, such as in your anger, do not sin. There's this idea of impulse control inherent in that. Uh, Same thing, be anxious for nothing. 
navigating the, the anxious thoughts, the anxious affect, how our bodies experience anxiety. So uh, the idea of control certainly shows up with these different styles throughout the Enneagram uh, and uh, different, different facets uh, to each of these nine types that we see in the Enneagram, uh, but certainly the idea of how we manage impulse, how we manage thought, how we manage control uh, is certainly uh, gonna touch in each and every one of those nine different styles. Yeah, biblically, I think about how God doesn't control people's free moral choices. And yet we feel often that we can control people and sometimes we elevate ourselves to even control the universe. And then we're disappointed. <laughs> and that's why the only thing the Bible tells us we're supposed to control is self. Self-control. When we can control what we can control, we stay in a place of peace. When we stretch into thinking we can control things we were not designed to control, uh, actually it is a form of envy. We're envying people's choices. And there is every confusion and evil work, according to James. You know, it brings to mind a, a great point uh, around the idea of the fruit of the spirit and, and that the most mature, if you look at those developmentally, love, birth, joy, and joy brings about peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, that there is really something about this capacity to, to manage ourselves, our, our kind of motivators, our drive, our energy, uh, in a way that speaks to an enhanced maturity. Uh, so it's just interesting, uh, interesting look at the fruit of the spirit more developmentally instead of as standalone different facets in the Christian life. So now that we have a deeper understanding of the control characteristic, let's talk about the best ways to lead them and the best ways to teach ones to lead. Okay. So my first question for you is, do you identify with control being an issue for you? It has, it, it has been an issue in the past. Mm. Um, what has become a huge revelation to me was actually when I went through Rama, mm. and I started learning about those aspects of self-control. Right. And so part of it turned into, well, you know what? I can't control people around me. Mm -hmm. I can't control their actions towards me. I can't control them or how they do things, but I have complete control over myself. So I'm not going to let it ruin my day, Yeah, you know, when they're driving weird or right. you know, anything like that. And so um, I had that same concept of I did, I, I wanted, especially as a younger child, I mm. wanted to be able to control things. Mm. And when things felt out of my control, I really didn't like that. It was very uncomfortable for me. So stepping out to try new things, if I wasn't able to control the circumstances with trying those new things. If I didn't know, um, if I hadn't practiced it prior beforehand, or I didn't know what I was stepping into. Interesting. Um, any type of. I didn't even think about that as being an issue. Yeah. Um, as a, as a, as a child. So, um, theater. That was an issue for you? Really? Paralyzing. Because it was, especially when it would, um, you know, you go to camps or you go to different things, they'd want you to get up and do improv or stand up in front of people and just like roll with it. And I was like, but what do I say? But what do I do? <laughs> but what's the line? Mm -hmm. And, you know, what, what, do I walk over here or do I come sit <laughs> what over do I do here? With my hands? <laughs> yeah. And so even with this, I was like, 
what I need to do. And I'm you all know. fluid and loosey-goosey. <laughs> and so there you. is this. So I did have to, and I think that was like he was saying, okay. a part of maturing into. Yeah. I can't control those things. Yes. And sometimes I need to just not take it so seriously. Right. And just chill. But yeah, it's definitely on the flip side, it can go dark the other way with the need to control my emotions or things. Mm. Because I feel like if I'm backed into a corner and I have no ability to, I, I can't control anything, I will turn to micromanaging little things that I know oh. I can control. And it seems, again, from somebody probably on the outside that that's just absolutely insane. But and it, it brings peace to you. It does bring peace. If I tried to control every aspect of everything, you know, that really takes just like what he was saying about you're not supposed to control those things. You're right. supposed to control yourself. Mm -hmm. And so those are the things that I take to the Lord where I'm like, I don't have any control over this. I need you. I need you. Yeah. I'm giving this one to you. So I want to talk about it from a leadership perspective. Have you had like really great leaders that really can speak to the heart of you? And have you had like really poor leaders that just like trample you and make you feel like poo? <laughs> yes, on both sides. <laughs> I think we all have. Yeah. I have. Yeah, I think it's just a normal, you know, um, thing about life. Yeah. And, but like you said, I, I think that comes back to also submission and authority where you're just mm, like, yeah, okay, you know, you're the boss. And again, I can control myself. Right. And I have to do some housekeeping with that with the Lord to make sure that my soul doesn't get entangled in those things. Because what is difficult, um, I think of from being spoken to as a one um, I see flaws okay. immediately yeah. when I walk into a room. And so I, it's a, I think, and I think that in a way that is a gift. It is. So there, you need those ones yes. that can walk in and you can say, and they walk out, you know, and we'll straighten picture frames and adjust this and make sure that this looks pretty and organized. And right. it's visually pleasing to the eye. And so it brings a little more of an, a piece from that. However, um, you can get, the opposite, if we walk into a place and we see all the flaws and then we see all of our mistakes, always, because mm -hmm. failure is always right there on the edge. And then someone comes in and just starts pinpointing everything all out to you and just leaves you there and walks away. There's no solution. Mm. You haven't walked in and given any type of, hey, I see you in these areas. And I'm sure you probably already know this. Mm. However, why don't we take this approach? So, yeah, I mean, and this could be a personal thing, but would you prefer for someone to come in and say, hey, here's where you're at. I see you. Here are the areas that we can improve. How can I help you? Would you prefer that? Or would you prefer someone just to be like, you need to get it together? I would rather, I like being coached. And okay. that, again, could just be a personal yeah. thing for me. Um, growing up in sports and everything like that. I really, I, I did um, softball all the way up until college. Mm -hmm. And so, or right before college. And I loved it because it was a very, a very technical sport. Um, there was a time I was at a college showcase and it was specifically for, it was at um, the University of North Carolina. And it was a, they were, you know, just the players coaching and then the coaches were actually there to help us as players oh, before neat. going to school. Cool. And they took the time to record your swing and then they played it back to you and pointed out all of your flaws. Yeah. And they played mine back to me and they were like, fundamentally, there's nothing wrong with you. And they pointed at my eyes and they said, you're not watching the ball. That's all it was. 
They said, you need to watch it come in and hit the bat. And what I thought was so amazing, literally every time I'd get up to bat, the thing that was constantly in the back of my mind was, I'm going to fail. <gasps> oh, that breaks my little heart. Like, I don't want to fail. I couldn't handle the pressure. And it was just there in the back of my mind. And I realized it was literally a mental game. Wow. This was everything had to do with this for me. So I could control and perfect everything, everything. externally. But until I overcame this, I was not going to get on base. Uh, and I think that a lot of ones suffer with yeah. that same same problem. And hopefully that's helping somebody yeah. <laughs> with that. Um, I, I love when a leader comes in and they're like, look, this is your strength. I love this about you. You're killing it here. We need to work in this area. Yeah. And here's how we can do that. Right. And give me the tools to do it. I think the hardest critique is no critique at all. Oh, yes. And no words and just pull the rug out from under you and go, that's not the way I wanted that done. I'm just going to do it myself. Uh-huh. And I have no explanation, no way to improve, no way to get better. And that's paralyzing. In my opinion, when we are in that coaching environment, when someone has taken us under their wing and they are discipling us, they're coaching us to be the best versions of us, it is then our responsibility to go on and bring it on to somebody else. And yeah. it's not us forcing ourselves onto someone else. It's us helping that other person open up and discover the best things about them so yes. that they can go on and do the same. And it's this ripple effect, right? Yes. So I don't want the leadership skills to end here. Mm -hmm. I want it to go out and say, I had this awesome coach. He taught me how to do this. I want to go be a coach for somebody else. Okay. What does that look like for you? What does being a leader look like for you? I think I'm so glad that you asked me that question. <laughs> I'm so passionate about that. Oh, yay! Um, there are, I love working with people. Yeah. And I love managing people and working with a team. Mm -hmm. And I think that the most rewarding thing in the world is getting to meet somebody and figure out what makes them tick mm -hmm. and where their strengths are because everybody has them. I mean, just yeah. God given. You know, regardless of like you were saying with all the different types of Enneagrams, you can typically more research now. I can sort of pinpoint and feel certain people out mm -hmm. where I can go, OK, I probably shouldn't. I need to use a different tone yeah. with this person right. or um, I need to be a little more direct with this person. Mm -hmm. I need to be specific. Some of some people I just don't need. They don't need detail. Mm -mm. Don't just this is the task. This is what I need it to look like. You do it, however, as long as this ends up looking this way. Uh -huh. <laughs> and they're great with that, you mm -hmm. know. And I, I always am thinking of, like, I think there's sevens that are typically a little more, like, spontaneous, right? They're the enthusiasts. Yes, uh -huh. that are just, you know, and I'm like, as long as it looks like this, I don't care. Get yeah. there however you get there. Right. Here's your timeline. This is what it needs to look like. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that part of it is finding those God-given gifts in each individual person. So good. Saved or unsaved. Right. Everybody has them. Yeah. And everybody has those amazing qualities. That's right. But you have to know the personality. The personality, the person. Of the people that you're working with and that you're around all the time. And a lot of that just comes from asking questions and not making anyone oh, feel yeah. like there's a wrong answer for those right. personal questions. Yeah, because I think sometimes people take the Enneagrams with this, 
this is how I am. Right. And there's nothing you can do to change it. And I'm right and you're wrong. Right. And there is no wrong Enneagram. Right. There's just different personalities. God made us all individual. Yes. And like they said in that thing, which I liked, um, I think it was Dr. Bowman said, you know, God made us where we get to make up our own mind. He gave us our own moral standing. Like we have yeah. all of these. And so each individual person is going to be different. Yes. Do you struggle with control when you're a leader? Um, yes. Do you? <laughs> Just for certain things. Okay. And I realized that, again, working retail. And so I'd have these girls organizing dresses, like had everything mapped out and controlled, however, and organized, really. And, but to the company standards. However, if they didn't do it to the very specific way, it would frustrate me as their manager that I was like, but the, cause again, In, but this is, but the, this way is the way it's supposed to be done, mm -hmm. you know? Like, cause again, that goes back to that one type of like, where's the rule book? Right. Give me my boundaries. Where can I, so that I can strive and make sure everything is perfect. And so I had to be careful with that, that not to like put them down, right? you know, because I know, are they cutting corners because this is just an attitude thing? Mm. Or when you say, this is how perfect needs to be, are you talking to a seven who does not see a mess? Yeah. I just walk through and I'd have to recognize, okay, who closed last night? Right. Their personality. Sure. And look at it and be like, you know what, this still passed because they still did what I said, even though it's not done to the standard that I would do it, they still did it. Mm -hmm. It's not like they skipped over the task altogether, like I'm not doing this, right. you know? And so, um, yeah, I think with, with that control, you still have to back off and know when, when to push. Am I controlling just to control yep. right now? Mm -hmm. Or is this in the end, who's winning? When we view those, uh, like under us in leadership or as a parent right. or a grandparent or whoever, it's so good to acknowledge where the person is at, Yeah, speak to them on their level, mm -hmm. and then bring them up any right. way you can. Yeah. It's just what you said. Like you have to acknowledge where they are and be like, all right, this is good for them. That's yeah. great. Okay, now let's get more specific and let's right. tweak it over here. That's great. And just know, I feel like what comes with that too is then you start to know your team yeah. and know where to put people. Yes. You know, like if I, when I needed to have a certain recovery done, I knew I couldn't put this person with this person because they're going to sit there and talk the whole time. And they're not going to get anything done. Right. But I still need this person I can't isolate them or nothing will get done because this person doesn't work well in isolation. Right. So you'd put them, organize these different people on a task and get them, again, just set them up for success yeah. in any way you possibly can right. because you know them right. and you know what makes them tick. And I think that that's just so important when you're working with people. It is. Because then it just makes them feel good. It doesn't make them feel like they're failing. Right. Whenever they walk in and they're like, oh, my gosh, I wonder if she, I wonder if I did a good job this time. I did it, but I, I don't know if I did it well enough. And then it just makes it stressful for that person coming into work. So, yeah, if you've got a one Push your one, you know, if you need to for that certain. But also, you know, if you've got someone who's not as detail oriented, give them parameters, but be okay when it doesn't look like you would have done it because right. not everybody is 
that way. And I think one of the big things that we haven't touched on yet is communication. I mean, like Mm. being so specific with your communication, with your vision uh, as a leader, being specific with the people. Now, your vision doesn't change with each different personality type, but the way it's delivered might. Right. So when we're talking about all this, we're not saying like, lower your standards or change right. we're saying like change the delivery method with each one yes accept them where they're at and then bring them right back up that's what jesus did yeah he met everybody where they were at he went to the well he found all of these people everywhere yeah and i don't think that it was an accident that he met them. I think it was very specific and on purpose. And I want every single ministry leader to know that you are called to specific people and specific people are also called to you. You have something inside of you that they need and they have something that you need. This whole part is just to grow and learn from each other, recognize our failures, our faults, our low points, and then get back up and get stronger and better. Maybe you are a one, maybe you do struggle with control, but don't let that stop you. Don't try to control the situation. Control yourself and then invite God to help you with the rest so you can be the right leader to those around you. So good. Teach them to lead, teach them to be disciples, teach them to be fishers of men. It doesn't have to look one specific way. No one needs a team of ones to get something done. We all need each other. We need everybody else. Ministry is so amazing to me because you have the diversity of all of these different people that come together that are there to help others. All, But you've got to function as, and that's what I think is so beautiful about the church is it's the body. It is. And you can't just function the way you know, off of that one personality type. We all have to work together, embrace each other, grow, learn from the old, learn from the young. Everybody has something for each other. So good. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yay! (laughs) Well, thank you guys for watching and listening. We appreciate your support. Make sure you stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to be talking about tunes. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the FCF Leadership Podcast. To learn more, go to fcf.org. 